Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. It's Lee Stranahan. How you doing? I think we're live. Hang on. This is a, a last-minute thing, Brandon. Uh, I was talking to Brandon Darby, and he said, hey, let's do a show. And I said, okay. So we're doing it. So i got to send him the number. Let me see if I can get the uh, studio thing working here. Let's try this. Then i got to see if Brandon calls in. It's very exciting. This is very exciting. Live entertainment. I'm putting entertainment in air quotes, really. But uh, anyway, good morning, everybody, if you're listening. Uh, we've been uh, – obviously, you probably watched the debate last night. If you didn't, I don't even know why you're up now, and I don't even know why you want to listen to this. But uh, Brandon's going to call in a second. He and I were just talking about our thoughts. I'll, I'll, I think I'll – I'm trying to figure out whether I should wait or should I wait? Let's see. Hang on one second. got to check. If Brandon calls in quick, I won't wait. Hang on one second. He hasn't called in yet. Okay, so I'll tell you what I think, because I already told this to Brandon. I don't think last night was a knockout punch for either candidate. Uh, I would have liked it to have been a knockout punch for Donald Trump. And I think the conditions are ripe for that. I think there's enough stuff happening right now in the news, between the O'Keefe videos, between the WikiLeaks stuff, which is a continuing stream of damage for Hillary Clinton, and between this story that I mentioned a couple days ago uh, that uh, Cassandra Fairbanks reported. I think there's enough stuff going on, Brandon's on, I'll get Brandon on in a second, where this should have been a knockout punch, could have been a knockout punch. But uh, on the other hand, I don't think it was a knockout punch for Hillary either. Hey, Brandon, how you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Not much. Morning. So I was just telling, I was just telling everybody what I told you. By the way, if you want to call in, and who's everybody? Should, you got to tweet it out or something. Yeah, no, it's tweeted already. Oh, it's yeah, already it's tweeted. It. It's all, it's all automatic. So if you want to call in, hang on one sec. Well, I think it's no. There we go. If you want to call in, number six one nine nine two four oh seven eight six. If you want to call in. Because that's part of the reason, that's why you wanted to do it live, right, Brandon? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're just having this wonderful conversation on the phone. We yeah. might as well, we might as well um, do something. Do it where it. everybody yeah. else can hear it. It's a good conversation. So I just coffee. gave my short take on, on, the, uh, on the debate, which is it wasn't a knockout punch. What, what was your take on it? Man, I, I just... It was just full of missed opportunities. I mean, it's easy to say that. I, I remember watching fights and being like, why don't you just keep your hands up? Why don't you just keep your hands up? You know, and, and then people say, well, wait a minute, dude. You get in the ring and see how easy it is to keep your hands up. So I'm not, I'm not in the situation, you know. So maybe there's something I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not catching that, you know, dealing with that much stress and that much uh, attention on you. But there was just tons of missed opportunities. So I was, at first I was initially bothered. I mean, I think he did okay. I think he held his own. I think he avoided, um, you know, she said a lot of things that were very negative and I think he avoided fault letting her bait him into it. Um, which was interesting, which would have shifted the conversation onto his problems rather than her. But 
I still think he should have, he should have through, you know, when she started talking about his issues with women, he should have, in the process of, of turning it back around to WikiLeaks and to her problems, he should have thrown out a, a jab about her husband being an alleged rapist by, and a sexual assaulter by so many women, you know, and, um, you know, things like that. And when he talked about immigration and she was talking about helping people and open, I really think he should have made the humanitarian case for border security, which is something that I know he's aware of because of, of the fact that Bannon's on his, on his campaign in the position that he's in. So I, I was bothered by that, like it was a missed opportunity. I didn't like the way he portrayed the whether or not he would accept the election results. I thought that was a, a bad thing. Um, and I also, you know, it stood out to me when he called her a nasty woman. I didn't like that very much. Um, and on her end, I mean, I could, I could, I could pick out if I were being as as disingenuous and as nitpicky as most of the media are. I would I would point out that if you look at her face whenever he was talking about gays being thrown off buildings in Saudi Arabia, she was laughing. You know, she started laughing. So, I mean, you know, like, if he had done those things, the media would be tearing him apart. But but they're not with her. And um, so, so, I mean, I you know, I don't think it was – I don't think – I don't think he won necessarily. I don't think um, – you know, I think by the end of it, she had landed more punches to his face than he landed to her, but she didn't knock him out. And with all that's going on with her, with the Podesta emails and, and just how corrupt she is, I, I think that, uh, and her whole little network, I think that that's probably, that's probably in a weird way, in the big picture, it might be a win, you know, because she didn't knock well, him but, out. You know, let, let, well, let's go, big, let's go through some of those issues you talked about. Let's go through some of those. Um, let's let's talk about the woman issue. So here, my my take on that was, I what I would have done is rather than address nine accusers, I would have started with the first one and most famous one, which is the woman who accused him of of uh, grabbing her breast, putting his hand up her skirt, and kissing her in first class. And right. I don't know why more people don't focus on this part, which is. She said on Anderson Cooper, she said it repeatedly, that that lasted 15 minutes. And what I mm-hmm. had done was said, well, let's take one of those accusers, the most famous one, the woman who says I did this to her in first class. Women can think through this. Would you wait 15 minutes while a stranger is grabbing your breast and putting his hand in your skirt and kissing you? Would it, is there a woman in no. the audience who would have done that? And. And that's all you need to say. You don't need to talk about the eyewitness that I that I don't I don't know if there I don't I'm going to be honest I don't know if that dude was an eyewitness. I haven't seen mm-hmm. tickets, I, and I don't. And furthermore, I don't need to go past 15 minutes, and I don't think Trump did either. And and you know what you said about uh, going after Bill Clinton. I think the issue there is not whether Bill Clinton. Uh, we know what Bill Clinton did. Let's, let's talk about we know what he did. We, we know he paid $800,000 to Paula Jones. And we know what happened to Paula Jones. Let's be clear here, man. Let's be clear. When he paid $800,000 to Paula Jones, it wasn't, yes. he wasn't worth $100 million. He was worth a few million dollars. At yes, maximum. that's right. So that was like, yes. I mean, people, if you're worth $3 million and you don't have 850000 in liquid, sitting around, right, right. in cash, 
I mean, this guy had to liquidate stuff. He had to he had to sell things off to come up with eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. If somebody falsely accused me of of taking them in a hotel room and, and exposing myself and trying to do that, I wouldn't pay them one dollar to much less eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I mean, I mean that this guy wasn't worth that um, at the time. So that's a very significant issue that he paid that. You know, and you wouldn't, and you wouldn't perjure yourself, but so so no, I agree with that. And here's what I'm saying. See, I like to keep these things simple because uh, they are right. These, these, these issues actually are simple. And again, by the way, if you want to call in and be part of the broadcast this morning, I'll call it a broadcast. Six one nine nine two four zero seven eight six is the number. That number again: six one nine nine two four. Oh seven eight six. I should do my Bannon voice. That that'd be make the show more fun. Just uh, Brandon Darby. How can I help you this morning? There you go. I'll do that. Oh yeah. But uh, <laughs> but 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 I think uh, but I think in the year of our Lord twenty sixteen. But uh, I miss Bannon a lot, don't you? We talked about this, but I really miss Bannon. Dude, I'm gonna. I mean, I don't get into it obviously because I got all these people trying to email me and call me and ask me for my thoughts on on Bannon and on Trump and, and I, I just don't want really to get into it, but I'll tell you, I'll get into it with you a little bit. Cause we, we know each other pretty well. Um, I, 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 I do miss Bannon. You know what I mean? I think Alex does a great job obviously. And, but, but there's something about Bannon being there, you know, as, 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 as stern as Bannon can be, that it just, it just keeps you on the ball. You know, it, it's like, it's like not having your coach. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, I yeah, wish, no, it's uh, nothing about Alex I wish I, or, or I wish, anybody else. I wish I, yeah, it's not knocking anybody. They're doing great. The site traffic is through the roof. Like, you know, it's not the issue. The thing is, is just, yeah, I do. Like, especially me. Like, I'm in Texas. I run a Texas team. I'm, I run the border team. I'm, I'm, um, and the cartel team, right? They're Mexican, uh, are Mexican writers, and uh, Mexican in Mexico. Team. And. um Honestly, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm just kind of on my own it over is. here. And I, were, Bannon was very, very involved. Ban- yeah, Bannon was very involved and very, you know, he, he wanted to know every detail that was going on. So he was apprised. And there's not, it's not really like that right now. So I, I do, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I wish he were back. I think, I think personally, if Trump wins, I mean, and this is just, this isn't because I know something, this is just my thoughts. If Trump wins, Trump having worked with Bannon, he's going to know that Bannon can get stuff done, you know? So yeah. if Trump wins, I, I would imagine Bannon is going to end up in the White House, right? And um, yeah. And if Trump loses, uh, hopefully Bannon is uh, back with us, right, and stays. <laughs> if so, Trump loses, I, mean, I hope he you know, Bannon still ends up in the White House. <laughs> yeah, and so, I, well, yeah, I believe what I'm hire. Yeah. Yeah, Hillary's not going to hire Steve Bannon, I'm pretty sure. But, um and, but my How point is, is I, I don't know. I, I I do I do miss him being here. You know, like it, it's kind of yeah. It's kind of a, you know, like for instance, right now, if he weren't running a campaign, I could call Bannon, and talk about Mexico or the border or present ideas, and he would say, yeah, go for it, you know, and then he would like put the resources behind it if it was a good idea and let it happen. And that I miss that, you know, I miss I miss Bannon being here. Is uh, I think he's kind of prickly, and um, and I think yeah, that's, that it's that's, like a, it's like a be- it's, it's beautiful prickly, you know. It's like there's some there's, that's what's there's good beauty. about him. No, no, that's what's good about him. I've I've told people I said, look, Bannon's 
a, a whip cracker, and you know you you miss that, and uh, you don't. You remember the times that we know, fought? Times that you and I fought, and we caught Bannon. <laughs> remember years ago when Andrew died, and we caught Bannon, and he'd be like, "Y'all need me to change your diaper." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, right, no, no, no. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's. He's like, you guys, you guys, you guys powder each other's bottoms and change each other's diapers, and as soon as your diaper's not wet, call me back, you know, and, and we'll resolve this. And you're just like, ah, ah. <laughs> when well, Andrew died, very, it was very, like, that's so chaotic. He's a very different you know? guy than Andrew. He's a very, very different guy. The way I've described it to people is, like Andrew and I used to have two-hour conversations about Depeche Mode and the Smiths. And I have no idea. If, if Bannon listens to music, I don't know anything about it. He, I, like, I, don't, I don't know. I, I know very little about him personally. Like most of what I know about Bannon personally, I've read in magazine articles that came out after he was hired by the Trump campaign. But he's just a different guy. And so with Andrew, it was – we talk about Letterman or Andy Kaufman or you know stuff like that. With Bannon, I just again knows nothing, but th- that's totally fine. It just he's that's who he is, and uh, and 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 period. But it was a big, it was a little bit of whiplash going from Andrew to Steve, just because their styles are so different. But I I totally get it and I miss him every day. But let's 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 get back to the issue though. Though so the thing I think people miss on, I don't think it's about look, the the election issue is not about what Bill Clinton did. Here's what the issue is about: Hillary Clinton set the standard. She sets the standard that it is okay to use a White House intern to put a cigar in her to. <laughs> to use White House resources. Hillary Clinton said, that's okay. You can still be president. When he was being impeached, she completely stood by him. At no point has Hillary Clinton, that's what I wish Trump had turned to her and said, look, you set the standard here, not me. You said it was okay for your husband to do this, 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 and this. And for anybody not old enough to remember it, that was one of the most embarrassing periods was like as embarrassed as he just could have said as embarrassing as access hollywood tape was anyone who remembers the clinton administration remembers it was about a year and a half of that like every day of having to explain to your kids why they're talking what a blowjob is because they're talking about it on the news that was the reality of the Clinton was, administration. I, I was 19 when that hit you know and um i was 19 and, I, and your parents had to explain and you i remember what a was right you know what was really upsetting to me is I remember being 19 and all of a sudden I had the thought, why are we talking about a man's private sex life? Why? And then yeah. I didn't realize until years later that, that Sidney Blumenthal and Tim Russert were the ones who manipulated my brain to have that thought, you know? I didn't yeah, realize right, yeah. that they started that narrative and then everyone else in the media picked up that narrative and said it so many times that people like me who weren't very aware at the time actually thought that, you know, like we just, that's just what we started thinking. We're like, yeah, everybody makes sense. You know, it's why are we talking about a man's private sex life when it really was an issue of him abusing power and him lying under oath and lying to Congress. But, but I remember that, and it actually angered me years later. I didn't realize it until I read Andrew Breitbart's Righteous Indignation, and he talked about that. 
And then I realized how manipulated I had been by the media. Yeah, you know? well, you know, that's one of the things. That's one of the things that people don't realize how much they they've done studies on this. The the story I like to tell is some book on marketing I read. They said. Uh, uh, a guy said, well, he, you know, he's an advertising guy. He says he was, in, he was in a cab, in a New York cab. Cabby says to him, what do you do? He says, well, I'm in the ad business. And he goes, oh, the ad business. He goes, that's, that's a bunch of, you know, BS. He said, well, what do you mean? He goes, I, you know, I don't fall for ads. A lot of people do. And the guy says, well, that's interesting. And he said, let me ask you this. What, what paper towels do you use? The cab driver said, bounty. And he said, why do you use them? He said, well, the, the quicker picker-upper. And so this is a guy who thinks he's not affected by advertising, right? But but obviously all he knows about these paper towels is is what advertising told him. And I see that. I see people – the saddest did, thing did. to me is people who are Bernie supporters who are falling for Hillary's lines right now. Uh, that's why I, I tweeted it out earlier, but what that young Turks guy, Jordan, did going after him. I mean I understand if you're a liberal – and you're pro-choice, and you're, you know, whatever. You you have that whole agenda. If it's between Trump and Hillary, Trump is not your guy. But I don't think you have to lay down and just not and just t- carry water for her. You know, I don't think you need to carry water. You can go. You know what? She's horrible. She's corrupt. I, I agree with her more on policy. You know, I think that Trump will ban abortion or whatever. Whatever your issue is, that's fine. But don't don't carry water. Don't pretend that she's not the awful thing she is, because she is awful. <laughs> she is just awful. Well, that's so. what, that's why. Like I was on that vein. There's two things. Is one is I remember sitting with some older relatives, and I was asking them what news they watch, and they're like, "Well, we we watch Fox News, only Fox News." And I said, "Why?" And they're like, "Um, it's just you know fair and balanced." And I was like, okay. Yeah, right, exactly. And uh, I remember never they and then the other thing is I was thinking is I think that's what makes us good at what we do, Lee, is that like I think I'm a I'm a good father to my daughter, you know? And and uh I think part of the reason is is because I can think back to when I was her age at each given age and I can remember how things made me feel or how I perceived the world at that time, you know? And yeah. um and I think that that's why we're good at what we do is because we can look back and we can remember, and maybe you, I don't know, in your case, like I don't know if you, if you were ever as naive as I was, but, but I can look back and I can remember when I was 19 and how, how much power the media saying something over and over had over me without me even realizing it, you know? Uh, well, I can that's, remember that's when exactly I was that age, when I was impressionable. It's the repetition. That's exactly what it is. I, I had this thing a week ago where I, I watched CNN for a few days. Have you done that lately? Have you sat down and watched a few hours of CNN? I, dude, I tried to yesterday, and it just was upsetting, you know? Yeah. It's, I couldn't it's, handle it's, it. It's surreal. For anybody who knows what's actually going on in the news, it's surreal. Um, and when they avoid talking about and you you like go to the CNN page for days there. It was like, hey, there's nothing about WikiLeaks here, nothing at all. Or I've talked about this Russia thing that's just bogus, and I've talked about it. Or, or did you see Como? What did that? you see Como? Was it yesterday or the day before? I think it was yesterday. Uh, Como they said it's illegal to. He, uh, 
No, somebody. Well, that's he said it was illegal to have WikiLeaks to to have it, and then one of his guests brought it up, and then he they cut his feed and said, "Oh, we're having technical difficulties." It was like they cut his feed. You know, I they I cut, saw they cut the guy's I feed. saw something like that. Okay, so I'll be honest. I saw that on Twitter, and I'd like to mm-hmm. see something that I'm more confident is not edited. Does that make sense? Because this is the other thing. I've been ranting about this lately, too, because I'll just i give it back. No, 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 the no, no, no. Seeing... So now it's on Breitbart TV because um, it actually – that actually happened, and then Chris – and then Como was like – he was like, oh, how unfortunate. We lost the feed. Okay. Blah, 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 and blah, so, blah. You know, and so, it was just like, dude. And so there was no editing. The What's Up on Breitbart was, came from CNN. Yes. Yeah, good. Okay. Because what I saw was on Twitter – and I've been seeing so much false stuff on Twitter, and I actually called out. I, you know, and I, uh, and I, I'm just going to repeat what I said the other day, which is there was a story that was put up by Jim Hoft, and you know Jim, I know Jim, and I, I, I love Jim. Gateway Pundit does a lot of great work, and he just got a story completely wrong, and then Drudge picked up on it, and yeah. I'm just like, dude, dude, that. you can't be, you can't be doing that at this point. You just you when when we're under the gun the way they are the way we are, you can't be making uh, mistakes like that because you're trying to jump in and get the story quickly as opposed to right. And I and boy, it's exciting to get a Drudge link and all that stuff, but man, you got to get it right and. Uh, so that's why I'm real skeptical of anything I'm seeing on Twitter right now. By the way, we got a few more minutes in the uh, in the show here. We got about seven more minutes, but if you want to call in, 619-924-0786. That number again, 619-924-0786. So what we now, now what's your what's your take? Are you seeing sloppy errors from people on the right that bother you or is that something you're not noticing? I see. I'm seeing sloppy errors all the time, and it's, it's frustrating to me. Um, you know, I mean, everyone makes errors. Like Breitbart, Texas, we make errors, and you have to you have to fix yeah. it, right? But you make it right. But um, you know, and then you uh, there, there are things that come up, especially on the border. When I when I, I hear things about the border. And uh, and it's kind of I'm not going to get in the who because I don't want to hurt people's feelings right now. But there are a few outlets that I just they just lost me. You know, like I love them, I love the people, I know the people who run them, uh, but they've just gone off in the deep end about stuff that's just you know like like I was just thinking the other day um, I had I had leaked documents um, where I released the numbers of 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 people on the terror watch list who were who were who were law enforcement came across in the last year. And then I was able to show a map that showed that a lot of those interactions happened on the U S Mexico border, some at ports of entry, some in between. Well, in order, like I knew that information, but I couldn't prove it. So I just had people in federal agencies telling it to me. So I waited until I could prove it. I drove 1,300 miles to get the information. You know what I mean? Like I, I went a lot. Yeah. I went out of my way to, to prove it. So when someone else just, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to name all the outlets, but but one of them is like, like like WellNet Daily and Jerome Corsi does this a lot, where they'll just be like Border Patrol agent or or or, or, or 
immigrants, uh, illegal aliens showing up because of Obama uh, or support Obama, says Border Patrol agent, and there's no name on and they just made this. They're just making it up. And it's yeah. just like, well, wait yeah. a minute, man. Like, like, and then they get the dredge link, and they get all the traffic for it, and then we've spent all this, like, you know, like getting in a car and driving 1,300 miles to get something to verify. And it's, it's very frustrating. And it's like, well, it's just cheap shots. And it's like, well, look, guys, I used to be quiet about it, but now that our, the right coalition has dissolved and, and half of them are trashing my boss and saying the most horrible things about him and, and you know, about who's also a friend, like Bannon, and, and you know, it's just kind of like, guys, at this point, I don't have any interest in being quiet about how ridiculous you are, you know? And so some of them are yeah. really discouraging the hell out of me. And um, and there's some of the things, too, like on the right that discourage me, like um, I get very discouraged with the way the right covers farming and agriculture issues, you know, uh, I get pretty discouraged about a number of things like that. So, yeah, I do get discouraged with, with some of the outlets on the right, whether it be through just sloppiness or, or cheap shots or whether it be through just what I would say is ignorance on issues, you know? Yeah, and I, I think the thing is, too, look, obviously, we, you know, every day, day in, day out, we're criticizing the mainstream media, which is which is the left media. That is, in fact, what it is. I mean, the real – it's it's the lines between uh, what used to be the clearly the left media and the mainstream media are completely blurred. So, you know, there are, you know, the there's there's pretty much a thin line between you know workers workers world daily and and the New York Times right now in a lot of ways. Um, uh, the, the, but like I say, the people I, the people I'm respect. You know what's interesting is how I'm I am seeing stuff I respect more from people like Jill Stein or I mentioned Jordan from the Young Turks earlier or uh, WikiLeaks, who I've been critical of in the past. But man, uh, and and I'm, I'm not trying to play special pleading. I'm just like boy, this this election has really realigned the stars. I don't know how else to put it. The and 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 let's we only get a couple minutes uh, before we get, need to finish up. But do you think there's any going back from this election? Do you think that there's? Do you think that the people who are Trump people now are ever going to be squeezed back into the establishment Republican Party, or do you think that that we're seeing an alignment that's changing things forever? I think it's changing things forever, and I think a lot of it. You know, I was like I was I was on Twitter yesterday. And someone I respect a lot, a Republican strategist, called Trump's spokesperson Katrina Pearson and, and on Twitter, and they basically said that she slept her way to her position. And yeah. I looked at that, and I called him out, and he apologized. And, but the point is, is people have gone so na- nasty that you can't come back from it, you know? Like you can't come yeah. back from... You can't come back from some of what's been said and some of what's been done. It's just stuff you can never take back. And some people who don't realize that, I think that they get caught up in the moment and they don't realize that we're in a long game, you know, for liberty and freedom. I think that they've gotten so caught up. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard, like, the people calling, you know, Steve Bannon, uh, all the things they've said about him and a, a, a Nazi, a Hitler, and where Breitbart is, is 
you know, anti-Semitic, even though that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. The people who have done that, like, I mean, how do you come back from that? Like, how do you come back from, well, I'll, I'll, hey, man, you called me a Nazi, you know? There's only about a minute left, but I'll name the name. I mean, the, 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 one of the big issues there for me has been Dana and Chris Lash. And I've been, I've been, I've named it. But, I mean, Dana and Chris are people who were friends of mine. And I know friends of yours. And it's really weird. And, it's, and if it were just me, then I might be like, yeah, well, it's just me. Uh, or if it were just them. But I've seen this in so many places. I mean, we could, I'm not going to name them, but we could name six people, six, seven people, who was like, yep, was friendly with them and, you know, now no, over. <laughs> and it's been that kind of election. And I, I'm not, I, win, lose, or whatever, I'm not going to come back and go, oh, well, I was wrong, because I wasn't wrong. I, I've not been wrong about, I, I haven't done anything I'm ashamed of. This election cycle, not one thing. Well, one thing I've, I've, I haven't either. And one thing that I've learned is um, I've learned that in politics and in, in journalism surrounding politics, uh, it attracts some of the most beautiful people. But the vast majority of the people that power and money attracts are horrible human beings. They're objectively bad people. They're people like, like and I don't get into him a lot, but like, Kurt, the former spokesperson, I would I would argue that that's a horrible human being. Like like um, someone to save emails and record calls secretly and then release them to hurt people. And I just don't think that that's you know I don't think that that's um, uh, I don't think that especially, a lot of these people that, he, that and he wasn't being you attacked. get what I'm saying. Yeah, historically, historically people attracted to money and power. It does attract the most beautiful people who are trying to use it to help others, but the vast majority of people in politics and in political journalism are really bad people. They're just not nice people. They're dirty, disgusting people. Everyone in their life is someone that they're trying to use as a stepping stone, and everyone in their life, you know, everyone, vice versa, and they, they're, they're adulterous. They're, I mean, it's just sick people. They're just dirty, dirty human beings. And um, so to me... I didn't realize that until I remember when I, when we started Breitbart, Texas and so many people were just so ugly about it who had always been our friends. And I was really hurt. And I remember someone I was very close to at the time said, well, there's two times in life you find out who your friends are. It's when, when you're down and when you're up, when you're, when you're winning, you know? And, um, I realized at that time I was like, wow, like I'm just surrounded by objectively, objectively horrible human beings. And once you realize that, um, you know, I already realized that, so I'm not shocked by what's going on this election cycle. I'm not shocked that, you know, the cruise camp smeared people or that people smeared the cruise camp or used personal information. I'm not shocked by it because I already knew it about people. But they are objectively, generally speaking, horrible human beings. Yeah. Okay, we, we, should, we should end this because we're off the live stream now. But this is fun. Let's do All it right. again. Okay. All right, brother. Cool. Sometime when we're up. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Brandon Darby. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Lee Stranahan, Radio Stranahan Talk to you later. Bye.